Good afternoon, podcast listeners. This is Rob Plouffe. Welcome back to Mid-Michigan Bowling News, the podcast for bowlers in the greater Flint area and the state of Michigan. Okay, welcome to podcast number 23. It is Wednesday, October 21st, 2020, and it's been a while since I've done a podcast on my own. Um, most of the t- most of the time recently, I've uh, been sitting down with people, and it was my goal to sit down with people who are bowling maybe their uh, career high game or um, maybe just on a hot streak, and uh, and get their perspective on bowling. Which my previous podcast, I sat down with Allie Robbins from Kersley Bowling, who was on a hot streak, bowled her highest game ever, two eighty six game. And uh, it is still my intention to continue to, to do that as um, bowling starts to open. But it's been a while since I sat down and actually just talked about bowling, what's going on with it, um, what kind of effects the coronavirus has on bowling centers. And uh, I just thought it would be time to uh, give you a little bit of my perspective on what's going on with that. So um, bowling centers were able to reopen and the state of Michigan, the lower half of Michigan, starting on or around September 12th. So they've been reopened for a little more than a month now. And uh, I wanted to give you an idea of what's going on with them. Um, Myself, I am bowling in, uh, I'll say, two and a half leagues. I bowl on a Sunday night mixed doubles league at Richfield Bowl. And I am a sixth man on a Wednesday night men's league at Richfield Bowl. And then um, I bowl in an after work uh, league. It's called the CTC Trios League. It is uh, that league takes place at Classic Lanes in Rochester Hills. So um, Classic Lanes is a part of the Metro Detroit Bowling Association. So I can give you a little perspective on maybe what's going on down there as well. Um, but I wanted to start off and kind of give you an idea of how things got started. So first off, my, my mixed doubles league on Saturday nights, um, we had our meeting, uh, first of September time frame, And after the bowling alley was allowed to reopen, um, we were deciding how things were going to run. And, and I will say that uh, this Sunday night mixed league, I would say, is maybe a little bit of an older crowd in the league. Um, last year we had 19 teams, and I really thought that we would probably lose quite a few teams and or maybe some of the people that bowled in the league might be a little uh, apprehensive about bowling without a mask on. They, they may require people to wear masks, but... Um, it was actually the complete opposite from what I expected. I went to the league meeting. Um, we had 18 teams of the 19 return and people did not want to change the format of the league. They didn't want to, um, I'll say practice social distancing as much as I thought they would. In fact, they just wanted things to return the way that they were last year when Bolin was, was shut down. And that's what the league voted to do. 
they didn't vote to change the format of the season at all to try to allow maybe some people to start in the middle of the season or both thirds of the season. They decided to go right back to the way we were, uh, one team on every lane, and uh, you don't have to wear a mask if you're up to bowl. You have to wear one around the bowling alley if, um, you know, if you're up moving around. But if you're sitting at your table, uh, you, you can take your mask off. And uh, of, of the 18 teams that are bowling in that league now, I would say there's really only one, maybe two teams in the league that are wearing masks while they're bowling. Most of the people are not wearing masks. So um, it's actually refreshing to see that uh, I'll say maybe the older crowd is, is comfortable with returning the bull. And it made me think that things are going to come back strong with bowling after uh, going to that league meeting until I bowled on uh, our Wednesday night men's league up there at Richfield Bowl. I uh, filled in the first three weeks for my buddy Scott Gruner, who was out with a little minor surgery. And that league decided to bowl thirds. So they're going to bowl a third of the season, restart, bowl another third, restart, bowl another third. So there'll be potentially could be three different uh, winners per session of the league. They also decided to bowl um, PBA style with the team. So, uh, for instance, our first night of bowling, we were on lanes one and two. And, uh, oh yeah, the league decided they were only going to use every other pair. So we're bowling on one and two. No one is bowling on three and four. The next uh, match is on five and six. No one is bowling on seven and eight and so on. Um, that league last year had, I believe it was 19 teams as well. Might have been 18 teams on Wednesday night. And they had um, 16 that returned after the meeting. And after the first night of bowling, it ended up 15 and now a few weeks into the season, they've also lost another one. So they're down to 14 teams on that league, which uh, it sounds like that was kind of the norm in, in our area, in the greater Flint area, that they were losing teams like that. But um, I will tell you this. We bowled the first night of bowling. Um, the lanes come on shortly after 6 for uh, 10 minutes of warm-up, and we start bowling for score right around 6.15. And... Bowling the PBA style, which means that the team on the left lane, the uh, on lane one in this case, all five bowlers go up and bowl, and the other team sits at an opposite table. So that our opponents were sitting on lane three, not lane two, lane three, waiting for us to finish our first frame. When we finished, um, then they all went up and bowled, uh, one through five bowlers bowl on lane two and immediately follow that up by bowling their second frame on lane one while we sit and wait for them to bowl. And back and forth that way, uh, PBA style, until the game ends. It didn't seem like we were taking any longer to bowl. Um, things seemed to work okay with that until we finished our very first game of the season and uh, I looked at my teammate and said, oh my God, it is quarter to eight. 
and we haven't even started the second game yet. We're going to be here late, and we're on lanes one and two with no one bowling next to us on three and four. There really wasn't much of an excuse for us not to be done faster. I'm not sure why, um, but I experienced it again after bowling again. Um, but I'm not sure why, but the PBA style takes way longer to bowl. I'm not sure if it's just that the guys are not paying attention. They're not um, bowling immediately after they finish a frame. But um, I was the anchor bowler, and I'm not exaggerating by telling you this. We finished our ninth frame and then sat down and let the, our opponents go up and bowl their ninth and their tenth frame. And by the time I got up to bowl my tenth frame, after bowling my ninth frame, it was literally 20 minutes. It took it took a long, long time to finish the game, and uh, I don't know. Being uh, bowling for years, I, I think I like the uh, the pace to be a little faster after experiencing that. Um, plus, my league that I bowl on on Mondays is a trio league. It's a it's nonstop. You're up and you barely sit down, and you're up again. So uh, sitting there for 20 minutes between shots was. Um, not the most desired way to bowl. Now, I will tell you this. Um, the entire league is bowling that format. And that very first night of bowling, we did not finish bowling until almost 10 o'clock. And there were at least four other teams still bowling. So um, I know that the league is a little... Uh, I don't want to say they're upset, but... There, there had to be a way to, to make that move along a little quicker. Um, the second week that we bowled, same format, we were done by uh, 20 after 9. It was much, much better. The third week that I bowled in the same league with the same format, it was quarter to 10 before we were done, which I think is more the norm now um, if you're bowling the PBA style. Now, my mixed doubles league on Sunday, no PBA style, we're bowling... Uh, of course, I'm I'm short a few people on my team to start with, so we're actually bowling pretty quick. But the entire league is no different than it was last year. The pace of play is the same, obviously, because uh, they didn't change anything. We're not bowling PBA format there. Um, so the norm, uh, from what I understand, with the leagues, at least at Richfield, from what I've seen, are there is a decrease in the amount of teams that are bowling. Um, Jim has told me it's 20-25% uh, of teams that did not come back or are going to wait to come back. Now, I think that there are some people out there that are definitely interested in coming back to bowl, but it looks like it's going to be a little bit. I don't know that that will be December or February time frame, but I do believe that there are teams and or bowlers that want to bowl that are just deciding to wait and start maybe when there's a, a little better handle on this pandemic. So um, I've heard some rumors about about other bowling alleys and bowling leagues. And um, I heard one that I know is true, that uh, there was a bowling league uh, at a bowling center out in Flushing that... Uh, literally two years ago, had 20, 
24 teams in this league. Last year, maybe 16 teams. And this year, the league folded. Um, they only had eight teams show up for a meeting, and they decided to go in a different direction. Some of those bowlers went to a different bowling alley, but um, that's a big, that's a huge loss for a bowling center. To lose a league that was over 20 teams two years ago, even 16 teams last year, is still a really good league. To have nothing bowling on that night, bowling centers cannot survive something like that. It's literally impossible with the way things are going that a bowling center can survive. You cannot use every other lane and expect bowling centers to have 25% capacity for months and lose that type of business and expect them to survive. Um, something has to change. I'm not sure what, when, how, but I'm hoping that it does quickly. Um, I know I know bowling centers rely a lot on open bowling, and they were recommending no open bowling until at least October. Um, in fact, I think some centers are still not allowing open bowling, but open bowling is, is huge business for bowling centers. Um, I'll tell you this about uh, classic lanes. Uh, well, first let me let me explain to you about my league at classic lanes. Now, last season we had 16 teams when we started. We lost a team uh, mid-season because the guys got put on a on a third shift and they couldn't bowl, literally couldn't bowl. So we had 15 teams at the end of the season last year. And this year at our meeting, we had six teams that showed up for the meeting ready to bowl. We scraped together a couple other teams, had some guys change teams and change teammates to get eight teams or the league was going to fold. We, we lost literally 50% of our league this year. Now, our league also decided, our, our Monday uh, trio league at, at uh, Classic Lanes decided to uh, just continue to bowl the, the format just like we did last year. We're not bowling PBA style. We're not skipping pairs. Um, but with only eight teams, and we are the only people in the bowling center on Monday afternoons at Classic Lanes. Um, there is, I've not seen any open bowling. I'm not seeing any, any, uh, other people interested in bowling. Um, I did ask the manager at the bowling center what, what it's looking like for their leagues. And he said, uh, it's literally a 50% drop. Our league followed suit with, uh, eight teams from 16 last, last season when we started. He said they're seeing a 50% drop in, uh, participation in their leagues at Classic. That is not good news at all for bowling centers. And um, I, I can also tell you this, uh, last Monday while I was bowling, I went up to the counter to get some change, and they have a, a sign hanging. Um, of course, they have plexiglass around the counter, but there's a, a sign hanging on the plexiglass that says, please note there is a $10 charge, cover charge for open bowling during the week and a $20 cover charge for open bowling on the weekends. So I, I asked, what is this, what does this sign mean? You guys are charging people $10 to come into open bowl and then charging them for the game. And he said, yes. And uh, part of the reason for doing that is, um, they need, they need some information from open bowlers. They need them to sign a waiver, 
and they need their, their contact info in case they have to contact them. That is one way that they're slowing them down at the counter and getting their information from them. Plus he said, which I found this uh, shocking, he said, I have them lined up out the door for open bowling on the weekends especially. So I can get away with charging that because um, he doesn't want to turn people away, um, but he has to. So it, it was kind of one way to try to limit the amount of people that are coming. But he said uh, his open bowling business, especially on the weekends, is doing very well at Classic. So that's good to hear. Um, although there, you know, there are restrictions to it, but I think that uh, people who are interested in bowling are going to want to get out there and uh, do some open bowling, especially if you're serious about it. You're gonna wanna, you're gonna wanna get out and practice. Now, as far as the bowling goes, oof, without touching a ball in six months, no practice whatsoever. I went in and bowled my first night. I think I shot 558. Not good. Um, not for what I expect to be bowling, but uh, my thought was, hey, at least I'm out here bowling. Um, I've continued to bowl pretty much at that pace. For about a month now, I've shot a couple, uh, I'll say it's been half and half. I've had, um, I'm trying to think of how many times I've bowled now. I've got nine games in three different leagues at least, so um, one league I have 12 games in now. So um, I would say I've had uh, probably four 600 series and um, four or 500 series. And I hate to admit it, but I also bowled a 498. And I can't tell you the last time I bowled under 500. Uh, and it was on a Wednesday night. I'll never forget it. I was so disappointed when I walked out of the bowling alley and my performance. Um, but when I went out, sat in the car for a sec, I thought, you know, I really shouldn't be disappointed because the bowling, bowling center's open. And I was able to bowl tonight. And I've been dying to get in the bowling alley and bowl and interact with some people, so it really wasn't that bad. Shooting 498 wasn't the end of the world, but I did it. Um, so that's my take on what's going on with bowling leagues, the ones that I have participated in. Um, and most of the people that are back, are, are they share the same sentiment as me. Um, I heard uh, Donnie Younger bowling against Donnie, uh, who, by the way, had the front 10 against me and shot a 280. 288 game I think it was he smoked me that night that we bowled his team but um he actually said the same exact thing that I that I've been thinking is hey I don't care what I bowl I don't care if I shoot 140 280 140 I'm I'm bowling I'm in the bowling center I'm out doing something and uh, I'm happy to be here so I think most people have that same uh, feeling about bowling. They're just happy to be back to it, the people who are participating in it. Now, um, let's talk a little bit about some of the youth bowling, um, because I know that at Richfield they waited until the 1st of October to start youth leagues. The uh, Saturday morning youth league started on October 6th, I believe it was. That was their first week, and uh, I took a ride up there and walked in to see a couple kids, and was ple pleasantly surprised to see most of the bowling center full of kids. Um, now there is only, on Saturday mornings, it's a doubles league, so there's two kids on a on a lane. But 
um, the little kids using up most of the low end, the older kids the high end, and it looked like most of the lanes were being used. So that was uh, very, very nice to see that the kids are interested in getting back to it. And I know that uh, Denise has been running the Tuesday league over at Bees Bowling with the uh, same same type of deal that uh, it was last year. And there are kids over there that are bowling as well. So it's good to see that coming back. Um, I do know that they had a, a very important meeting last Saturday up in Gaylord for the Michigan High School Interscholastic Bowling Coaches Association. And there was a very long letter written by Cody Inglis from the MHSAA on uh, the return to bowling plans. Um, I'll give you a little bit of insight into what was in this letter that he wrote, but Cody uh, did not attend the meeting, which is rare because Cody has always attended since I was involved in high school bowling. He has always been uh, at those meetings and doing in-person coach meetings before the season this time of year, and he is not going to be doing that this year. All meetings are going to be virtual. Um, he's not going to be in person, so things are going to be a little different. He also stated in this letter that it is his intention and the plans of the MHSAA to begin high school bowling on the normal start date, which this year is Monday, November 16th for the Lower Peninsula. That is good news, very good news to hear that they're planning to allow tryouts practices to begin on November 16th. And the actual season is uh, slated to start on Saturday, December 5th. Unfortunately, at this time, uh, things are changing daily and there's no guarantee that that's going to happen, although they are planning to do that. Um, we'll see what happens with the coronavirus and the cases spiking and stuff. So. Uh, he is recommending that, um, you do not use every lane, every pair, and he's recommending the conferences to not bowl jamboree style, to keep it as small as possible with as few spectators as possible for high school bowling. So, um, the recommendation from the MHSAA is not to allow any more than eight high school teams in a bowling center at the same time. This um, statement in his letter was actually clarified. What he means by that is eight boys teams and eight girls teams. So no more than 16 teams in a bowling center at a time. That is the recommendation of the MHSA this year for um, high school bowling and conference matches. Now I believe most of the conferences in the Detroit area uh, do not bowl jamboree style, so they don't have more than 16 teams at a bowling center at a time. I think they keep it as small as they possibly can. That'll be a change for the greater Flint area, the Flint Metro Conference, the GAC, even the Saginaw Valley Conference uh, will have to change that format if they're going to follow this eight teams, uh, 16 total teams for a, a match. Um, they are still planning to do regionals and state finals, which would be the end of February for regionals and state finals would be the first weekend in March, as it always is. That is still the plan, although things could change with the way regionals and state finals are ran. There's discussion 
of um, adding a division in bowling. So they currently have four. If they added five, added a fifth division and split things differently, then you could have more regionals, smaller regionals, which would allow for smaller bowling centers to be used, but it would also allow for um, more spacing between people. Um, you could also split things up where you could have, for example, a boys uh, regional bowl in the morning in a bowling center and a girls regional bowl in the afternoon in a bowling center. Um, I believe you're, you're probably going to see that this year. And that same um, idea could follow through to the state finals. So the state finals could be boys in the morning, girls in the afternoon, or vice versa. Um, just to limit the amount of people that are in the bowling center um, and give more lanes possibly to spread people out. So I believe that you're going to see that coming. He is. Uh, he, he says in his letter that he's focusing on pods um, to limit congestion and crossing of teams. So he definitely is recommending tournaments to uh, either not participate in tournaments or change their formats so that there is less crossing of teams, there's less chance of um, people being uh, exposed. So if you're bowling in a tournament, like uh, I'm thinking like, let's take for example the Baker kickoff tournament that's bowled every year in, at Royal Scott and Lansing, ran by uh, uh, Davison and Kersley. You would bowl, uh, let's say last year we had I think it was like 36 teams total bowling. Say we had uh, 16 girls teams and 20 boys teams. The the boys and the girls would never cross each other, which they didn't last year anyways, but you would, you would bowl your qualifying either on one pair or um, a couple of different pairs where you're, you're limiting the movement. So you're not going to continue to move pairs after each uh, baker set like you did last year. And then once you would make a cut in a tournament like that, so let's say that we, we had eight girls teams bowl in the tournament, you would cut that to, say, four. The match play would be one team on one lane, one team on another lane. You bowl your scores, and then you match the scores. It wouldn't be necessarily um, bowling like every other, every other lane, switching lanes. It's going to be separated. Uh, that's the recommendation. Uh, from the MHSA. Again, now all of this can change based on uh, what happens with the coronavirus and this pandemic. I'm not sure how that's going to work, but this could change. But that's the recommendation. So uh, if you're running a tournament, like last year we had 36 teams at Royal Scott, you're only going to be allowed 16 teams at a tournament like that. So that's going to limit who, whoever's running the tournament, will, that is going to limit who they can take as entries. Um, Doubles tournaments, uh, team tournaments are all going to change. But the good news is they're talking about still allowing it to happen. Let's see where that goes. Uh, the One of the other big news that I thought that came out of this letter from Cody is they are uh, making a recommendation and they're having another meeting, uh, I believe at the, end of the, at the end of the month here, to recommend to change the shot, the uh, the the oil pattern on the lane, they're going to pick a, a Kegel pattern 
it will not be middle of the road, but it, um, I've heard some rumors that, uh, is it Broadway that is similar to the middle of the road, but has more oil. Um, they're looking, they're looking to keep the shot on the lane a little longer. Uh, what they've found through the years is the, especially the boys are burning the shot up too fast. Um, and the scores are, are going up every year. So people are figuring it out and the oil's not staying on the lanes like it used to. So they want to add a little more oil to it. Maybe make things a little, a little more difficult, a little more emphasis on shooting spares. So that could be a big thing coming for high school bowling. The good news out of all this is talking about doing high school bowling, talking about starting it on time, still talking about having regionals and state finals, which two, three months ago, that wasn't a given. We weren't sure about that. Um, as for the for the Kersley team, what I can tell you is, although I'm not the coach anymore, I'm still in close contact with uh, Kevin Schutte, who is now the girls' coach at Kersley. He has scheduled tryouts, and he has actually scheduled a bowling fundraiser, which R Richfield is going to allow us to run on uh, Friday night. It is uh, November 20th, I think it is. Um, yeah, Friday, November 20th is going to be the bowling fundraiser, which might be one of the first fundraisers that they're going to hold. Um, and it sounds like our fundraiser will be at Richfield and not Bees this year. That'll be a change because we want to be able to space people out and uh, practice uh, safe bowling um, as is going on now with most of the leagues. So um, just wanted to give you an insight on what's going on, where things are going, uh, what I see while I'm at the bowling alley. Um, things are a little different. You used to, uh, when you were bowling good, you would be high-fiving people, um, maybe even some hugs to uh, competition and or teammates. I don't see any of that going on right now. Uh, in fact, it was a little awkward at first when I started. Uh, someone would throw a couple strikes and you'd want to stick your hand out. Hey, nice shot. Give me a high five. But, uh, and it's like, Oh, I can't do that. Uh, got to make sure that you are not touching anyone. Uh, especially if you don't, you don't need to. So, uh, there's more fist bumps going on. Uh, my work league at classic, we're doing some fist bumping. Um, but for the most part, it's, it's returning to the way it used to be. And I think it will get back to that at some point. Uh, it's going to just take a little while. Um, the other things that I can tell you here, as I'm getting ready to wrap this uh, this podcast up, I'm almost 31 minutes into this, but I have talked to some people over the last few months, especially about bowling. Um, Tyler Beatty is one of them. Uh, Navelle Kirby is one of them. Uh, I talked to Tuber. I talked to Tubby. I talked to a lot of people about bowling. And um, there's some people that are in, interested in, in sitting down and doing some podcasts. Kirby, uh, ran into him at a wedding. Um, we, we were talking about the good old days bowling MGMA. Uh, when I joined MGMA, me and Tubbs, I was 18 years old the first year that there was MGMA. I, I think I uh, had just turned 18 years old. Kirby was, I believe, 12 years old when he joined MGMA that year. And he was kicking our butt. And he's got some great stories about MGMA. So someday I told him, we're going to sit down and we're going to... We were telling stories. I said, someday we're going to sit down and we're going to record that so people can hear some of these stories. 
because uh, he's a good one and he's got a lot of bowling knowledge. And uh, shout out to to Kirby in this podcast because I just seen on uh, Facebook that he bowled another 300 uh, at Galaxy Lanes on Monday night, two nights ago. And I know that um, early in the season he bowled one, I think it was at Stardust up in Saginaw. And I think I asked him when we were at the wedding, how many 300 you had now? And he was like, ah, I don't know, it's like 95, something like that. So it, it might have been a lot more than that, I don't know. The guy bowls a lot, and he's really good. And uh, I know he's had a lot of 300s and a lot of 800s. So someday we'll sit down with him, and uh, we'll talk about his his bowling and maybe talk about some equipment as well since he runs the pro shop at Galaxy. Um, another shout-out that i seen that happened on Monday night. I actually stopped up to Richfield to talk to Jim Tuber, and uh, when I came home I seen on Facebook that Andrea Lesser, formerly Andrea Tuber, bowled a 300 game up there on Monday night, Um, which uh, congratulations, Andrea. It's great to hear that uh, it's it's a rarity to hear women bowling 300 games, but to hear Andrea do that, it's uh, that's great news. So congrats to you on that. Um, Haven't got much news on uh, the kids and big scores from some kids. I know that uh, there was a Great Lakes Junior Gold tournament up at Gaylord Bowling Center in Gaylord last uh, Sunday, um, which uh, Allison, I think it's Allison Sand, that's Chris Sand's daughter, um, won that tournament. And I know that uh, Emma Sikierski from Davison finished second and Megan Tim finished third in that. So um, that's good news, Good to good to hear. For those kids, a couple of local kids there with Emma and, and Megan did well in that tournament. And uh, Megan has been on fire for the last few weeks. The other thing uh, that I can tell you is um, I spoke to Mr. Tuber about this, and, and uh, I'm really not sure what we're going to do about it. I don't know that there is anything we can do about it. But the MHSA rules are not going to allow for high school coaches to coach more than four kids out of season. During the season, you are not allowed to coach kids from another high school. Those are rules that are in place, have been forever, and they're sticking to them, and they're not going to bend on those rules. And we were kind of hoping that they were going to allow uh, things to open up a little bit so we could do a bowling camp. Uh, Jim is adamant that he really wants us to do the the Kersley bowling camp or the K-camp, K-bowling camp, we call it. Um, and it just doesn't look like it's going to happen. We're, we're almost to the end of October. High school season is going to be starting mid-November, and I can't do it on my own. i got to have some high school coaches help me. And because of the MHSA rules, that it's, it's just not looking good. We're trying. We've tried. I've tried to find some dates. i tried to work some things out, maybe to even do it during the Christmas break, and it's just not looking like it's going to work this year. So we may end up, very well may end up having to wait until next summer to do that camp again. Hopefully by that time this pandemic is over and we can get back to normal and we can get that bowling camp going again. Um, Some other good news is I know that they are talking about uh, middle school bowling still and um, there is a possibility that maybe we could do something with some middle schoolers uh, before middle school season starts which is normally the first of March and um, now that I'm not a high school coach 
I could technically try to run a middle school bowling camp um, maybe sometime in the end of February, 1st of March, just right around the time the season starts. But we'll see. We'll see if we can do that, um, depending depending on how many people were interested in that. So um, 36 minutes in, I'm going to wrap this up. Just wanted to give you some insight on my thoughts on bowling and what's going on uh, a little more than a month into the season. I'm hoping that things uh, will open up a little more and more people will come back to bowl. It'll be nice if bowling centers could, for example, like Richfield, not have to use every other lane to space people out so you could get more people in there and uh, help the business out because um, I know for a fact that we've lost some bowling centers in Michigan. Um, it's not even a rumor anymore that uh, Capital Bowl in Owasso did not reopen after the coronavirus and uh, it was it was actually news to me the other day that it sounds like they have a, a buyer someone that's going to buy the bowling center and hopefully reopen that uh, bowling center here in the next few weeks so that it can be used for high school bowling um, because they sponsor a few high schools out in that area and uh, that center has been fantastic for a long time so hopefully things open back up for them and, and go well. Um, but I do know that things cannot continue at 25% capacity and expect bowling, bowling centers to stay in business. It's, uh, it's tough enough out there. So hopefully things start to open back up. Anyways, that's it. 37 minutes in. I am calling it a night. Have a good night. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye.